One of the things that I've always wanted to learn from you is your ability to just start doing things. That's something that I've been practicing for literally the last couple of years, but um, it's something I've been trying to implement into my own life. And something that I've observed from you is just your ability to just start doing things. You have an idea and you just do it. So how do you do that? Tell me the secret. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a secret. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in life you just, and I think part of me gets it from my dad. My dad is a doer for sure. But uh, it's just something that I just feel like my, my personality is the type that if I don't just do it, it, it sits in my brain until I do it. And so my logic behind it is if I have to do something, I'm just going to make a list, write it down. It doesn't bother me to make lists. I prefer to make them. And then I just get them done. Like, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> There's no hidden secret to it. I think it's just you are more logical than I am. Like, I am just very much so like, oh, this has to be done. Let's just do it. Like, and, and to me, there's there's things that are priorities and there's things that aren't. And so, um, like, if, if there's a to-do list of cleaning the house, like, obviously, I'm going to clean the house. But if something else that's more important comes up, I'm going to do that first. And so, in my mind, it's just like, do the things that are most important, anything that has deadlines, things like that, and then anything else... Um, just kind of prioritize where it goes and then just get it done. But how, I mean, do you ever spend time thinking like when you have an idea, the biggest difference that I've noticed between you and myself is if I have an idea, I oftentimes will eventually get around to doing something, but there's just this period of time in between when I have the idea and when I start executing on it that depending on whatever the, the situation is can just be a really long time. And I feel like for you, you've, you're able to just kind of go right through that and not even, I mean, you just immediately get started. Do you feel like you experience that? Do you have, like when you have an idea, do you, do you usually want to spend some time thinking about how you're going to do it or how do, how do you go about that process? I think for me, a lot of it, uh, I can credit towards teaching because when you're a teacher, every single day you're put on the spot of, okay, like obviously you have the things you have to teach, but then you also have the side of it where you want to be creative. You want to have fun with the kids. You want to do these, you know, different activities and stuff just to kind of mix up the days. And so a lot of the times, like I would get to school the, on, on a day and that morning I would just be like, you know what, like I'm going to do this today. And, and a lot of times it didn't take a lot of planning because it was kind of spontaneous but, um, transferring that into now, like I still love the creative side of things. And I think like coming up with ideas and stuff and then just doing them and figuring them out as I go is kind of like a fun thing for me. And it kind of puts me back in that teacher mode. Like if I have a, an idea of something, whether it's for our businesses or just anything in general, like I feel like the whole process of doing it is what makes it fun for me. And so, yeah, I could take you know, days to try and think about what I want to do to ex execute it the right way. But for me, that's part of the adventure of doing it is just do it and then figure it out as you go. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like to think about things too much. I just like to get to work. And that's something that I've, I mean, I've watched in you for a long time. And so for me, I really 
I just am a total overthinker where I spend so much time and we've spent a lot of time talking about this, but I mean, if I have an idea, I usually, I mean, it's sometimes days or weeks or even, I mean, in a lot of cases like this one right now, it could be months or years before I really kind of get started on it. And I feel like you, I mean, I know that there's been times where you've mentioned to me that you're, that you maybe respect or see different attributes where I kind of go after a project in a certain way, particularly with some of the things I've built or tried to attempt on our house, like building different things. But I feel like that much more towards you where I feel like you're not scared to just go about doing things. And I mean, worrying about what people are going to think or whoever that may be. I mean, myself or other family members, friends, or anybody on social media, um, if, if it's something that you're sharing, but do you ever feel intimidated when you start something? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, you can always be intimidated by things, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned, um, especially the last couple of years with doing what we're doing is, you know, people are there to cheer you on to cheer you on. And you actually, uh, would be surprised how many people are like in your court as you, try new things and do things. Um, sometimes I just do things on a whim just for my own sake. And, uh, and it ends up paying off more than I thought it would. And so, um, I mean, I feel like our photography business is a very good idea of that because we never thought we'd be self-employed and here we are self-employed and taking pictures. And, and I, if you would have told me five years ago that we'd be doing this as a job, I would never have believed you, but um, it all happened with just having an idea of, oh, well, I could do this for fun as a hobby when I'm not teaching. And then um, it grew, obviously, into something else. But um, a big part of that was just because I did it and also because people were excited. People were, you know, contacting me and wanting us to take their pictures. They were supporting us. They thought it was really cool. And so ultimately, I feel like it's the people around you that ultimately help you get to where you are. And, uh, yeah, you can be afraid to do things. You can be afraid of what people are going to think of you and stuff. But ultimately I've just learned that, you know, people can think what they want <laughs> and, uh, you only live this life once. So you might as well try something and worst case scenario, you fail. Right. I mean, as a teacher, you teach kids every day to go after their dreams and to do what they want. And so, uh, maybe part of that is, me just following in my own words of advice for little kids and just, you know, doing what I love and that's pictures and photography and helping other people and being there for them. And so I definitely, uh, sometimes think that, you know, being a doer and a go getter, <laughs> um, there's pros and cons. I mean, obviously when you think about things a little bit more, you have less chances of failing or less chances of it blowing up in your face. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just feel like just doing things, um, and just knowing that you could fail, you could succeed, but, uh, you just keep trying. Bringing up, uh, kind of transitioning to being self-employed and starting our photography business. Um, a question that I get asked sometimes from people and something that I often wondered about people that I had previously observed that were maybe self-employed or had started, 
kind of their own thing, whether it was a small business or just that side gig or whatever, oftentimes I get asked, like, how did you kind of make that jump um, or that transition? Uh, oftentimes, when I think of people that are maybe working a full-time job and have a side gig going on, you envision kind of this tipping point where they kind of have to jump in the deep end or um, just kind of go all in. And when I reflect on our own experience over the past five years, I mean, I know we went through that, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on, can you kind of, in your mind, can you pinpoint a spot where you actually had to kind of do that? You know, um, I don't feel like it was like one day we were just like totally switched. Like, I feel like it was obviously a process. It was over time. Um, I think a, a big part of why we did what we did was because of starting our family. Um, I knew I wanted to be a mom and that was the most important thing to me. And I, I mean, I, I worked as a teacher, um, till Navy was about six months old and I, the guilt got, got to me. I mean, having somebody have to watch her while I went to work every day, it was hard. And obviously there are billions of moms out there that work hard and, have other people watching their kids and, um, make, you know, help provide for their family and stuff. And like, obviously I still wanted to do that, but I also wanted to make, um, being home with my children, my top priority. That's something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to just be a mom, but obviously we weren't in a financial position where I could just stop working. And so I feel like, um, part of that was I had to be kind of strategic about <laughs> what I chose to do. You know, I could totally quit my job and just be at home. But then that put us in a financial position where we, we obviously couldn't do that. And so I, I tried to rack my brain about, you know, what can I do to help provide income, but still be able to be home with our kids. And, uh, so I think that was kind of a big part of our transition was, was that decision. Um, and you know, the sad thing is, is being a teacher, you don't make a lot of money. And so I knew that, as we started this photography business and kept it going, we got to a point where I knew that I could make more doing photography, having more of a flexible schedule than ultimately being a teacher. And, and it was hard to leave. Obviously I still love teaching. I still wish that I could be in a classroom, but ultimately being a mom was what I wanted to do. And so I feel like that was the big transition point for us. And you and I, in uh, working and starting this photography business, you and I have spent a lot of time working together, like a lot of time, <laughs> way more. Um, a lot. <laughs> way more, I think, than a, a, a typical family. I mean, husband and wife, yeah. we spend, not only do we spend all of our time at home together with the kids, but when it comes time to work, you and I are often side by side. And in many instances when it's just photography or just photos, it's you, but any of the stuff that that's wedding or, or included with video, then you and I are side by side. And so how do you feel? What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel spending that amount of time together with me? (laughs) I love it. Why would we not want to be together all the time? Um, there's, there's a lot that I could say. Um, but ultimately the biggest thing is, you know, we did this because we wanted to spend time together. We did this because we wanted the flexibility. 
Um, and honestly, <laughs> the, when we first got married, this wasn't our plan, right? Like, I don't think we ever thought we would be sitting here self-employed. Like, did you? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. And so I think uh, part of the, the reason why we are where we are is just because that's just what our passions led us to doing. You know, like I thought my true passion was being a teacher and I still love it to this day, but I found something else that I love even more than being a teacher. And that's photographing families and kids and, you know, weddings and all these things and being a part of people's special moments. And so, um, ultimately I think that's why we did what we did. I don't, I don't feel like we just, went into the photography and videography business for money. <laughs> no, and I think not. it's just, you know, you, you've always loved filming. I've always loved taking pictures and that was just something that we found that we can do together. And I think that's a huge thing for us too, is yeah, we spend a lot of time together, but like we, we are also doing what we love. And so like it just so happens to be that we both get to be home together doing it. Yeah. And, um, oh, I had a thought just a second ago when you were talking about that, um, just about, oh, about doing, this is something that I spent a lot of time thinking about. Oh, two things. The first one was, um, regarding how you started and your kind of mental approach towards when we started taking pictures and everything. And that I think is something that I, would replicate anytime somebody wants to kind of start a new career path or whatever was really, and we can talk more about that was really the, it was just revolving around passion and everything. But what I really wanted to get at was when we started taking pictures and spending more time kind of operating our business or kind of getting into it, you started referring to it as a business or work way earlier than I did. I was very hesitant to kind of call it a business. Um, and cause at the time, I mean, we both had jobs and we were just, I mean, it was really, and the first couple of times we ever did, it was completely for free. I mean, we were just taking pictures for family and friends for fun. And then it kind of rolled into just some referrals, asking for some help for a small amount of money. And then we started getting paid and everything, but you quickly started to refer to it as as a business. And I was always hesitant to mostly because I didn't want to sound, I don't know, in a way I didn't really want to sound prideful. Like, and I still really have a hard time talking about it in that way because I don't ever want to, I don't It's really hard to kind of talk about being and referring to it as self-employed or whatever, because I don't know, I just still feel like we're really just kind of figuring our lives out, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of going, going forward and just, really, I mean, like every day's every day we're just struggling and hustling to try and kind of figure things out. And so sometimes I, I have a hard time kind of talking about it, like, Oh, we're self-employed or whatever. Like we, we, we quit working corporate America or whatever. I think that, I think that I still share a lot of those. I've, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with, okay, like this is really how we're supporting our family right now. And this is really how we kind of I mean, it's really the only way we were able to kind of do what we just did and get into a new space for our family. So I think that there's a balance between trying to kind of go about it um, and not really be very boastful or talk about it. But 
but also be confident enough in the fact that you can kind of go and kind of grab life by the horns and go for it and do what you want to do. And so I share a lot of those feelings with uh, kind of being passionate and doing what really just doing what you like and doing what you're passionate about, but also kind of walking the fine line between trying to share it with other people in a way where it's not, it's motivating. Well, and and I think the problem is, is like when, when you tell people, Hey, I'm self-employed, people think you make billions of dollars. Right. Like, and I think that's hard, um, because we don't right? (laughs) like being fully transparent, we don't make millions of dollars. Um, we aren't what I consider to be rich. (laughs) Um, but I think the problem is, is people look at you, Oh, you're self-employed. You just built a house. Like you guys must have a ton of money, but I think it's not about having a ton of money. It's about, first of all, following what you want to do, following your passion. And then also just, you know, living smart enough to be able to do the things that you want to do. We were in a position where we had to get a bigger home because we were having another kid and our townhome was so small. And so we knew we had to do something and we were in a position where, yeah, we could have just bought a house. There was a billion on the market. It was like, nobody was buying houses when we were looking, but we knew that with our careers, with me wanting a studio and you wanting a shop, we needed something a little different. We didn't need a 3000 square foot home. We didn't need, you know, this huge yard or anything like that. What we just needed was a piece of land that we could essentially be smart about how we built our house so that it didn't cost us a billion dollars, but also, you know, it provided the needs that we, we had. Right. And so, um, I think when we went about this, we, we first looked at houses that were already on the market, but we knew that if we just bought something that was already there, yeah, it would be a nice home. It would have a basement. It would have an upstairs. It'd have, you know, the traditional rambler house, but, uh, we, I would be taking pictures in a bedroom and you would be in your tiny garage (laughs) trying to run a business. And so we knew that if we were to buy a house, we'd also probably have to go find a warehouse somewhere to start renting. I mean, that was the reality for us. And so as we talked about it, um, we were able to fortunately be able to build a house for the same price as just buying one and change it up a little bit so that we were able to still have a house but also get the things that we needed. I think a lot of people just assume like, Hey, you're building a house. It must be huge. It must be, you know, all these things. But I mean, if most people were to come and see our house, they'd be like, Oh, it's actually not (laughs) what people expect it to be. I mean, on the outside, it looks big, but the reality of it is, is we focused on the studio and the garage. And then we tried to make it functional for our home. Right. We, I feel like we were very smart about the way we built it. We um, had a lot of people in our court that that helped us to get to that point. I mean, um, the people that helped us with our house designs, we told them what we needed and essentially we were able to make it work. Um, we, we don't have what I would consider, you know, a big master bedroom. (laughs) We don't have those things. Like we just really truly tried to make it functional. Um, and so kind of going back to what you were saying, I don't think that, uh, when you're self-employed, it always has to, to mean what people think it means. And it's okay to tell people, you know, that we are self-employed, but I think, I think you can be humble in in lots of ways um, to try not to feel like you are always boasting about things. Um, I think that's the the hardest thing thing for you and I is that uh, we love to support other people. We love, you know, to communicate with people. We love to just be around other people. And it's hard to, you know, tell people your excitement of building a home and, 
how your businesses are going and being successful and things without people thinking differently of you, right? Um, it's, it's a hard line um, with anything because, I mean, there's jealousy, there's, you know, all these things that people can feel, but you and I are the type of people that we don't like people thinking that we are these extravagant people because <laughs> we're ultimately not. <laughs> I mean, we are just the average Joes <laughs> yeah. and, uh, anybody in our family will tell us that, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I think it's hard. I think, uh, anything you choose to do, anything you set your mind in, anything you go for, um, you're going to get differing opinions. You're going to get, you know, people that support you, people that don't, but Ultimately, we're happy with where we are. We love what we do. We have the flexibility that we've always wanted. Um, but I would say that any person that has a dream of something they want to do, they don't want to work the 95, that's where all this started for us. Like we knew we didn't want to be sitting in a chair all day long working a 95. Teaching was really long <laughs> and really hard. And, um, and I knew that I couldn't do that for 30 plus years. And so, um, we found what our passion was. We found what we wanted to do. And it just so happens that it's not a nine to five. It's more mostly evenings, um, but we sacrifice our evenings. We sacrifice a lot of our weekends to do this. Uh, but in my opinion, it's, it's been worth it for sure. Yeah. There's not, uh, there's not very many things that I like to, I mean, I really try to not talk about things or, or brag or, or boast about different things. But I think one combo that I am uh, pretty confident in is you and I together in our <laughs> stubbornness, because in certain aspects, uh, when it comes to personal things like me and my, my self-confidence and stuff like that, I think that I have pretty low self-esteem and I'm always having to work on kind of building myself up and telling myself, giving myself, instilling confidence in myself and telling myself that I can do things. But, um, I think that together or whether, whether it's things for other people, I believe in other people a lot. And so that's, I think that everybody can relate to some degree in how they, how they see other people and their, and their potential and their capability versus, um, how you see in yourself. And if you could support yourself, to the same degree that you believe in other people, I think that we'd all be a lot better. But where I was going to go with that is um, you and I are fairly stubborn in kind of when we have a dream or an idea or something. I mean, we might go about it in very different ways. In fact, we do go about things in very different ways, how we execute things. But uh, we both will likely kind of make it happen in, in some form or another. And I think that um, recently in the past year or two, we've gone through a lot of those, particularly with, uh, with our home and, uh, and the entire sequence of events that kind of had to happen for us to get where we're at right now, where we really didn't think we were, uh, there were a lot of days where we did not think that we were going to be where we're at right now, where we're actually sitting inside the house that we wanted to build on the piece of land that we wanted to get. And there were not just one or two or even a handful, but dozens of times where things were just pretty bleak where yeah, it was like every week we had to make the decision if we were going to continue this or not, because 
Man, the bank was harsh. <laughs> yeah, the process was just the process was 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 really really trying. Was really really mm-hmm. difficult and getting to just roadblock after roadblock after roadblock whether it was just with anything financially or just logistically with the house or or anything just with our time and and honestly just the biggest one was just 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 finances where we're at. And I think that that's where that's where the difference is in, in not necessarily us and other people, but just in when you get something that you really want to work towards and, and pretty much just the grit and the determination and just not really taking no for an answer because there would have been so many opportunities so many times where it would have been so easy to just throw in the towel and to just take no for an answer and just say, I guess that's it. Oh yeah. I will never forget. It was like the third time the bank came back to us and said, Hey, like you, this is, these are your options. And I remember two things. I remember both of us just bawling our eyes out (laughs) and just sitting there, not having any clue of what to do. And we were ready to give up. And then I also remember the one thing you told me was if the bank gives us options, it's, we still have options. Like we're not going to give up because if, if we get to the point where the bank says there's no other options, then we know that we can't do this and we were done. But every single time they came back to us, I mean, they probably came to us, what, like 10 times at least. (laughs) I mean, it was like weeks every week. It was like, okay, we gave them this. And then the next week they'd come back to us and say, well, now you need this. And we were just doing everything in our power to do this because we knew that ultimately this would all be worth it. And we never once had the bank tell us you can't do this. Like we always had an option and we always fought for what we truly were trying to get. And it sucked. And most people, (laughs) if they come up to me and ask me how building a house was, I will probably tell them not to do it because it was so hard. And I never want to forget those hard moments because ultimately it made us stronger together as a couple. And, and it just made getting our house that much more significant and exciting because of how hard we worked to get it. I think a lot of times people just look at the beginning and the end of things and they don't focus on in the in between. And a lot of people don't see the in between, right? Like people don't hear about your entire experience of things, but Ultimately, it was the worst experience, but also the best experience. I don't think we had any problems coming up with decisions, you and I. I feel like we're pretty similar with our taste and things and stuff, and I don't think that was ever a problem. It was ultimately just what other people were telling us we can and can't do. That was hard. And so, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just don't ever give up on your dreams of what you want. I mean, I remember when we first got married – we said, hey, we're going to live in this townhome for five years. And then after five years, our goal is to move. And, I mean, we lived there for a year and a half. We had Navy. We lived there until she was nine months old. And then we decided to move in with my parents. We've lived with them for a year and a half. And now we're in our home. And we've been through a lot <laughs> in that that whole time period. And... uh yeah, I would just say, don't ever give up on, on what you want, on your happiness, because I mean, people always say you live, 
your life once, but it's true. Like, when are you ever going to get an opportunity like this ever again? And, and so, you know, if you're not happy with what you're doing, find what makes you happy. And we were lucky enough to find it and to be able to do it. And we've worked really hard to get to where we are. Yeah. Those are two, those are two of the biggest lessons that I kind of continually learn in my own life. Um, one to never give up and two to just do what you're passionate about. And I truly believe that if just, if just everybody in the whole world practiced those two things, the world would just improve. I think that we would find happier people and we would serve everybody to a higher, higher degree. But I will say this because I know that there are people out there that have started a small business and that are still working another full-time job and they aren't to where they can transition, right? They, they're in the in-between and we've been there and, uh, we get a lot of people that message us and ask, like, how did you decide, like, okay, like, this is going to be our full-time job. And, you know, a lot of people just tell you, like, keep going, keep working hard. But I will say the same thing because uh, I remember when we started the small business, I started looking into things more and I saw that statistically, like, small businesses within three years, they fell. And when you started your business right at the beginning, I remember being in our town home, your office was in our bedroom. I mean, you had no space <laughs> and, uh, every day you were in tears every day. You were like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't provide for my family. I, I don't even think that this is going to go anywhere. I remember just feeling like, oh, I just, I just know you need to keep going. And so now looking forward, like you are almost in this business for over three years now. And I would say you've come way farther than when we lived there and when you first started. But, uh, the first three years of starting a business is hard. And a lot of times you don't see the rewards until you get through those three years, but have confidence in yourself. Don't give up because a lot of times People can see when you start giving up and people can see your lack of confidence in yourself. So, so don't, don't give up, like just keep going, believe in yourself, find those people that are going to help motivate you and be, you know, your support system and have them help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to let people know like how hard it is to own a business because you know, there are tons of small business owners out there. They've all been through the same thing. And so and so, you know, find that support system and, and believe in yourself. That's the biggest thing, because I feel like if you and I didn't have each other, we wouldn't be here. Oh, yeah. hundred percent, because there are times when you're at your lowest and I'm at my highest and, and I had to build you up. And then there are times where you've had to do the same for me. I mean, there's been times when I've wanted to quit photography a thousand times <laughs> and you've always said, like, don't stop doing it. Like, <laughs> you know, and I think just we have we have supported each other. We have lifted each other up more times than we can count, but, but we've kept each other going. And that's one of my favorite things about riding motorcycles. And like, like I've mentioned many times before and what we talk about all the time, I mean, some of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned in life and continue to learn are just taught through riding motorcycles and racing. 
and racing motorcycles. That's one of my favorite things about, about riding motorcycles is that it's difficult. It's really hard. It's not easy. Um, it requires a lot of effort to ride motorcycles and to race and it's never easy. And it teaches you to do hard things. When you just summarize it, there's so many individual lessons that I've learned, so many people that I've met, so many trials that I've gone through, and just so much adversity and different things. And you could break it down and extract all these different lessons and apply them and and observe how you've implemented them into your life in all these different ways. But it really, when you summarize it all into just one kind of big whole, I mean, idea or, or lesson. It's just that motorcycles teach you to do hard things and that you can do hard things that you can pass through adversity, that you can get through it, that you can become a better person, person through it. And that's what I love so much about motorcycles. And I mean, I was never, I mean, you and I went to the same junior high school. You and I went to the same high school and I never once went to a dance. I never once went to a (laughs) I went. I never once went to a sports game, a basketball game, a football game. I never once attended any of those. And it's not because, I mean, I have nothing against ball sports or whatever. I just, I've never been drawn to that. I've always been consumed with, with motorcycles my entire life. I mean, that's all I've ever known. That's all I've, that's all I've done. And to me, there's just certain aspects that, I mean, you just, you can't replicate in other areas where, motorcycle riding is so individual. It's only you. And that's something that makes it so hard, but is so, that is just so intriguing and just draws me back in and, and, and something that I just, I just love about it because, and when you race and when you ride, there's nobody, I mean, the only thing you can blame is the bike. And if anybody rides, you know that it's not the bike that matters. I mean, anybody, anybody, Anybody that has any real experience riding knows that it's just really, it's just all you. It's 100% you. And that's, I I like that level of responsibility. And I, because not so much that I, I just, I like the results that come from it. Not necessarily, it's just, it's just the nature of it. Because it is that way, you just, you, it's, it's sink or swim or you just have to learn, learn things. And I mean, I've gotten to a point where there's a lot of valuable lessons in writing where I have learned that I can, I can do it and that I get through it. And now there's a lot of things about writing that have become a lot easier. One of them being just maybe trail riding for a really long day. I mean, that when I was younger was a, was a, pretty monumental task to, to try and be out that long on a motorcycle and to cover that amount of miles. But now that's something that I just, I just love. I just thrive just being in the mountains for that amount of time. And I just can't ever get enough of it. But there's other aspects about motorcycle riding that I don't think will ever become easy. Just, just racing and just pushing yourself to kind of your highest, your, your highest capability. And no matter where you're at, no matter what motorcycle you're riding, what terrain, who your competition is, what your fitness level is, you are always just 100% you. Whether you're at your peak fitness, on high quality equipment, feeling great, you still have that internal threshold of pushing yourself to your best ability. And whether you're 
in bad shape and not on the best equipment or whatever, you still have that same limit. Push yourself to your best and it's still 100% you. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your skill level is, what, whatever. It's always just on you. And so to kind of tie all that back in, it's just, I mean, a lot of these experiences in life, I just, I just always relate them to motorcycle riding and, and a lot of the lessons that I've learned and, and just doing hard things. Well, I like what you said about being a hundred percent you, because I feel like, you know, we're not the best photography and videography duo out there. I mean, we could be traveling the world. We could be way better than we are. Um, and you're not the best dirt biker in the world, but ultimately the biggest thing is, is, is that we believe in ourselves. We're a hundred percent ourselves and that's what attracts people to us. Right. We don't, you know, try to be something we're not. <laughs> we're just doing something we love and we're providing service to people. And, uh, and I think that's, that's an important thing to remember is just to be yourself, to, to show people your passion, to show people what you love, because being 100% you is all that people want. And so, and so I think that's, that's a big part. Um, I would say the hardest thing is obviously we're not perfect. We are still learning and growing in our businesses, but the hardest thing for you and I has been finding the balance between helping people and providing service to people, knowing what to charge people. <laughs> I, I feel like we get ourselves in situations where we just want to help people so much that we don't charge enough or, you know, things backfire. And so if, if you are a small business owner and you are like that, like make sure to have those boundaries and to know like, okay, if people are coming to you, obviously they care about you. They know that you are good at what you do. So don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. And, and it's hard because it's like, I am, I don't do that <laughs> even today. I have a lot of people that, you know, photographers and things that will message us a lot and say, you need to charge more for your services. And, and I charge what I'm worth, but also what I know other people can afford. And I like to look at things from my perspective too. So like if I'm going to go to someone and ask for this service, what am I willing to pay? And I know that's a hard concept, especially in Utah, because, you know, people like to save more in Utah. We're all about um, not spending tons of money. And, and so that's been a hard thing for me to learn is, is finding the balance of, okay, like charging people and, and providing service to people. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that, that we struggle with still to this day, but we're learning, we're growing, but you always are, you know, you're never 100% comfortable in your business. And, but I think that's why we love being self-employed so much is we can have new ideas. We can try new things and, uh, we're never stuck. We're always evolving and, and doing things. So that's what I, I love most about this, this business is that we do it together and we can be creative about what we come up with and what we do. Yeah, we never thought that we would be where we're at right now with, with, I mean, it was not, it's not in our plan. And honestly, I mean, we have ideas and, and aspiration to, to pursue and go and go forward, but we, uh, it's not like we have this perfect plan of how the next five years is going <laughs> to go or no. 10 years. I mean, we're just, we just kind of, we just go day by day and week by week and we just, push forward and, and do what we want. But one thing that I 
was interested in asking you is, I mean, we've been married almost five years now, and uh, I mean, my entire life has been centered around motorcycles. And I often get a lot of people that ask me, I mean, how I got to where I am now. And my answer always is, I just did the same thing when I'm, when I'm talking to these people. They're typically people that are kind of, that share similar interests. And so I can usually assume that they also like to go camping. They also have family or friends that enjoy the same thing and they also like to ride. So I usually say, well, I just do the same. I just did the same thing that you guys did. I mean, I just grew up going camping and riding motorcycles and, and having fun. And that's all. And then that's just how I got here was that same thing. And so that was, that was my life. And you and I share a lot of things in common where we, uh, we come from similar families. Um, we, I mean, we all, we, we share similar interests for, I mean, photography. We live to the mountains. Yeah. And spending time <laughs> camping and all that stuff. But one key difference was, I mean, was just pretty much motorcycles. And so now, and I know that was kind of a interesting way to, and it was never a, it was never a crutch in our relationship because I always knew that, I mean, when I was looking for a partner or for a spouse, I mean, when we were dating, it was never kind of a requirement for me to, to find somebody that was going to ride motorcycles. Um, I think that that can maybe be a, uh, it kind of can get a little confusing or misconception there where people that maybe have, are very passionate about certain things, say, for example, playing the piano or whatever. I mean, you don't have to find a, a, a partner that plays the piano to the same degree that you do. You just have to find somebody that will support you playing the piano. And that's where I was at. Where I, and, I, and I knew that and understood that. And we were always on the same page there where, I mean, I didn't ever expect you to ride. And honestly, you never rode until three or four months ago when yeah, we bought you a dirt bike. Yeah, it wasn't until we uh, now have two kids. And as I think about the future, like I don't always necessarily want to be mom that's always sitting back at camp. <laughs> I want to be out riding with my kids, riding with you. Like I want to be be a fun mom that, you know, can chase her kids on a dirt bike. But that's what I was going to ask you. And I got off on that tangent, but was, I mean, how has this process been? Because you, we shared a lot of similar things in common and I was always looking for somebody that would support me in writing and to support. I always, I mean, we were always kind of on the same page where that means spending time in the desert, the mountains and going places and going to races and riding and camping. And that was always way higher priority for me was finding somebody that would enjoy going camping and spending time outside together. Not necessarily going. And I was going to say, I feel like most of this has nothing to do with dirt bikes, to be honest. Like, when we were dating, I knew you loved them, but like, I just loved the aspect of raising our kids in the, ca- the mountains, going camping all the time. I grew up in the mountains. Like we were every vacation, every, you know, time we had school off, like we were in the mountains and that's where I grew up. And so that was a huge part of what I wanted too. Like I wanted someone that was willing to go camping and to sacrifice time to go and do those things and spend time as a family. And so you know, yours is just through dirt bike races and we go to dirt bike races and we go, but we still are able to go camping and we're able to do all these things. And so, 
that was a big part of why I wanted to marry you was because I knew that the lifestyle would be exactly what I wanted. And it's fun going to races and seeing you race and watching our kids watch you race and just seeing, you know, it's a huge part of your family's life. And it, it's, it's the one thing in your family that brings you all together. And that's what I loved about it. I loved that, you know, your siblings all live in different areas, but if there's one thing that get, can get everybody together, it's a dirt bike. And so, so that's worth it. I love family time and I prioritize family time. And so that was a big thing for me was, you know, being able to do that, but also just supporting each other in our interests. And, you know, I have interests too that I, I wanted you to support me in and you do. And a big one was photography. <laughs> we, I feel like we're always going back to that, but it's true. Like you supported me in my teaching way before we even started dating. I mean, when, when we first emailed while you were on your mission, the first thing you did was ask me about teaching. You asked me about my students. Like you were genuinely interested in what I was doing. And that was a big thing that I needed. I needed someone that was just interested in my life and like knowing truly what was going on in my life and what made me happy. And I mean, you were asking those questions about my life far before you even thought about let's date. Like we became really close, I would say as best friends before it even became what it became. Yeah. And I mean, I've observed in you when we started, I mean, when we were dating and when we first got married, I mean, it was kind of me showing you like this, this is what I do. This is how mm -hmm. I live. Like this is what my family does. Well, for and fun. you came to me <laughs> while we were dating. It was like not even two to three months in and you said, I don't think you understand like how much of a part of it is a part of my life. Like dirt bikes are my life. And to be honest, I did not fully understand that until we were a year into marriage. <laughs> because you're into marriage. I mean, seriously, because like, yeah, I knew you guys ride, rode dirt bikes. And like, honestly, if anybody in the world that hears, oh, they ride dirt bikes, like there's so many different perceptions of what people can think when you say that, right? But like, being there and experiencing it and being a part of the stress of you racing and everything like it's an adrenaline all in itself but it it makes up who you are and and that's what I love like I 100% would never ever take that away from you because that is who you are that's how you grew up I mean I grew up camping I grew up doing all these things too and so now we can just mesh those together and make it our own family time you know, what our girls grow up seeing and doing. And, and that's all I could ever ask for. So I, I think, you know, a lot of times people think that I'm sacrificing for you to do what you love. But in all honesty, I don't feel like I am. It, it's, it's something that I've grown to love and enjoy myself. And, you know, I, I didn't have to marry you. <laughs> I didn't have to be a part of that. You took me to races before we even were married. But I loved that I loved how it brought your family together. I loved seeing the passion in you of what you truly love to do. And that's what made me love you even more was just, just seeing you out there racing. And, and I learned very quickly that if you don't go ride your dirt bike at least once a month or twice a week, <laughs> um, it, it, it has an effect on you. And, and ultimately that's, that's your happy place. And so, so I want to be able to support you in that. I mean, 
I have observed in you going from kind of an observer on the sidelines, seeing how my family and I have grown up and lived to now you are that. And I mean, in meaning that in four or five years, uh, six years, including dating and everything, um, I mean, I've, I've watched you go through that process of kind of observing it and seeing how it goes and maybe kind of being a little shocked at maybe kind of how involved it is and, and how much time and money and energy is spent. I mean, I mean, it's no, it's not cheap. It's not <laughs> cheap. And by the time, I mean, we've gone since we've done that. I mean, I've gone to Europe twice and raced since then. And it's not easy. It's it's a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice. But I've seen you go from just observing it and seeing it to now it it's part of you. And I've seen in you a genuine sort of kind of passion for it. And I'm not trying to justify <laughs> no. kind of me and the way I live, but I, I, I genuinely have seen that grow inside you. And I can prove that because it's gone from sort of maybe sitting down and saying, what is Supercross to <laughs> cheering for Eli Tomac? Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, you've gone literally from, I mean, that's, I think a great illustration is like, I mean, you've gone from, okay, like this is somebody that I'm going to spend time with a lot of time forever with. Yeah. But I think to, the difference is, is you have never had this expectation that I'm going to ride and that our kids are going to ride. And it, it was, it only was for you. Like, it was like, just support me in this, just allow me to do this. And I said, okay. And so I did, you know, for the first two or three years of our marriage, I just, I went to races with you and supported you and, you know, did all I could to let you know that, Hey, like, I love this about you, but obviously as you, as you do that, like you grow to love it yourself. And I love being able to be a part of that with you, but also like it has brought out more in me of what I would like to do. I mean, if you would have asked me when we first got married, if I'd ever ride a dirt bike, I would tell you no, because you never pressured me into doing that. You've never said my expectation is that you're going to ride a dirt bike and come trail riding with me. Like I know I'll never probably go on a trail ride with you because you're insane, but I, I do want to be able to, you know, ride around with our kids, you know, just be able to have fun while we're camping and do those things. And so that was my choice. And I've never felt like you have forced me to do that. It's all been on my own and on my own time. And so, and so part of that is just because of who you are too. Like you've never pressured me into trying things or doing things. I don't have to watch Supercross. I don't have to ride a dirt bike. I don't have to do any of these things, but it's become so such a big part of our life that I want to and you know and just seeing like our girls like our girls have no expectation or anything of riding a dirt bike but Navy loves to ride with you because she sees that it's fun for you and she wants to be a part of that and and so I think that's that's the biggest difference is you never once have said you have to do this and so yeah when I I mean, I know that you said that it, it, a lot of it has come from maybe supporting me and my interest in it, but I've quickly gone, I mean, that was something that wasn't, was important to me, but I've always held, um, the interest of supporting the lifestyle as a family 
and going camping as a family and the future experiences of our kids to a much higher priority. Yeah. So as, as important as it is to me to kind of support one another in our personal interests, I think to me, especially in the last three or four years, it's really, and it's just continuing to escalate where, um, that's becoming a much, a much higher priority to, to me is to support that lifestyle and, and what our, our kids want to do. And so, and I've always said, I've always said like that I wouldn't ever pressure my kids into writing, that I would support them in anything they would do. And before I had kids and before I've kind of seen how they've kind of dabbled in interest in maybe two-wheeled activities, it was a lot easier. And now I'm kind of in that stage of life where I'm actually having to kind of experience that and implement it. And it's a lot harder because I am so passionate about motorcycles and two-wheel stuff. And I hope to say that I would really always stand by that kind of belief that I really will support my kids in whatever they want to do. If they tell me that they want to play tennis or play the piano, then I will support them in that no matter what they want to do. It will likely probably be hard if, um, and likely depending on how many kids we have, I mean, not all of them are going to ride motorcycles. Um, likely, I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not privy to the fact that my family between my two brothers and my dad and I, we are an exception. It's not very typical to have, I mean, that many siblings and father ride together at the level that we do and the frequency that we do. So I do recognize that. And that's honestly why I try and share more of this stuff is because I recognize kind of how special that is and how cool it is. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I think that it's fun. And so for me, I've always held that kind of to a higher, a higher priority where I think that that's really, and you and I talk about this, where that's really why we pretty much do everything. I mean, that's, we spend our time working and we spend our time with family and the time we spend working is so that we can spend time with family. So it's really, I mean, everything we've done, particularly with this house, we built it for three reasons. We wanted to run the photography business. We wanted to run the motorcycle business and we wanted to raise our family. And the reason that we run businesses and work, it's fun to pursue passions and everything, but honestly, it's what we're choosing to do right now to pr provide a living for our family. So it all is just really centered around our family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know if it was just you and you and I, we would not have this house and this space and this yard. We would, we definitely wouldn't because I, at least for me, I can speak for myself when I say that, and I would hope that you likely feel the same where, I mean, we've pursued all of this for our kids and for the future experiences that we as a family will have here. Yeah, for sure. It definitely was more knowing that we are going to raise our family. Where do we want to raise them? How do we want to raise them? You know, where do we want to see our life in 10 years from now as they're growing up? And, and that was, that was a huge part of, of a lot of our decisions. So yeah, for sure. Well, we've covered a lot of stuff there talking about family, talking about our, uh, just working, pursuing passion, doing hard things. That's something that I, I could spend a lot of time talking about and just really kind of diving into is just, is just, pers just 
pursuing what you're passionate about and just doing. doing yeah, it's hard because it's like you hear that all the time, and you hear people tell you like, "Believe in yourself, do this, like have confidence." But it's like that truly is <laughs> all you need. Just push yourself, and you know, it's it's not, it's not, it's okay to dream big. Yeah. It's okay to not be comfortable where you're at. It's okay to have new ideas and try new things and change is really hard and we've had a lot of change, but we went for it and that was. And we also just are experiencing a different generation, you and I, and that's something that's, that I honestly kind of wrestled with a lot was just accepting that this is kind of how I feel. This is what I want to do. It might be different from what I thought. It might be different from what my parents kind of envisioned I would kind of pursue. And I, every week that goes by, I become more and more comfortable and just confident and comfortable sharing that this is kind of, this is what we do. This is what I like to do. And this is kind of what we're pursuing right now. And uh, I think that it's it's just a different generation. Times it's very different right now. I think that, uh, I mean, with the availability of knowledge and, and the internet and social media and YouTube and just everything and the way you can communicate with other people across the country or around the world or learn things um, is just really promoting a lot of that. And so, I mean, it's been really hard because I have always appreciated and been a very strong advocate for education. I mean, learning things. I've always been curious. I've always liked to learn. Um, I haven't always been the most responsible in school, but I mean, I'd like to say that, I mean, particularly in elementary school and going into junior high, I mean, I was, I was always, I mean, and, and even in junior high and high school, I mean, I always, I always worked hard and, and got things done. And so, and I had always envisioned and, I mean, who knows, maybe plans change, but I have always envisioned myself as somebody that, um, I mean, would pursue and, and graduate with college degree and maybe pursue a, a career path that way. And that's what I was doing. And so and I spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy doing that. And, uh, so it's, it's difficult to kind of navigate all of those different beliefs and emotions around kind of what you, what you, where you stand with a lot of that stuff. And, but I just, I really just like education. I like learning. I like teaching. I like sharing things. And, uh, that's something that, uh, I just need to spend more time doing. Yeah. I feel like you're always learning. You're always growing. You never stop. <laughs> Always learning, always growing, and never stop. <laughs> That's how we're going to wrap it up. We're almost hitting one hour on the dot. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. I think we're going to wrap this one up. I was pretty uh, pretty excited and happy with how that went. It's our first go at this. The Ride with the Knights podcast, episode one, hosted with Josh Knight and Jessica Knight. Thanks guys for tuning in. Head over to ridewiththenights.com if you're interested in learning more about our off-road riding course, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.